out, everyone. How are you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and with me I have a familiar voice from the neutral zone. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Um, <laughs> all things considered, pretty well. Um, no one will know why. <laughs> And that'll be our secret, but by the point. Um, <laughs> but I woke up to some good news regarding Worlds being in Canada uh, next year. How, do, how does that sound to you? It's great. I've only ever been to Canada once and I absolutely loved it. So if the chance arises to go again, I will be very excited. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, so I had Dave on two weeks ago uh, with the cast of the Neutral Zone. And um, I decided to just break off the cast and interview them uh, individually. So we're going to start with Dave today. And um, let's get some preliminaries out of the way first. So what's your jersey number and why? What's the story behind it? Uh, so my jersey number is number seven. Um, and it's just a, a number that's all I've always grown up thinking or being, you know, knowing it's a good number. It's just like a special one. Um the football team I support, a soccer team I support, Liverpool FC. Um, it's a bit of a thing at our club that, you know, a, a key player, a big player, you know, wears number seven. So the chance when I when I joined my team, the number was there, I had to go for it. My dad would never forgive me if I hadn't. <laughs> Your dad would not forgive you if you hadn't chosen a number or if you decided to support someone else? Or would that just be... Oh, oh, so, oh you don't support someone else. That is a that is a big no. Definitely, definitely support someone else as the bigger no no. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, <laughs> without kind of giving spoilers away, uh, I know I had you on two weeks ago, and Jordan from the neutral zone dropped a bombshell. Uh, so <laughs> safe to assume, had you decided to support someone else. <laughs> recordedly um that would be another <laughs> bombshell to drop you guys just have a tendency of doing that so we'll just leave that as is um absolutely <laughs> so when, when when did you start playing dodgeball you said uh, it was about 10 years ago right yeah it's pretty much 10 years um it would it's just passed so it would have been 10 years in october um i i started at university just signed up because it looked like it'd be fun and i was right it was fun well, then I'm competitive, so I want to get good. <laughs> and then 10 years later, I'm still trying to get good, but here we are. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those, yeah, I took up for a bit of fun. And the lads at uni and the girls who joined were, it was such a nice group of people. I thought I could, I could stick with this. And, and here we are. So obviously, you just mentioned you have like a natural competitive drive and you had fun with it. What was your first impression uh, what hooked you when you played your first session at uh, Nottingham Trent? To be honest, the hook for me was that I was rubbish. I was so bad. Um, I was so bad. And I'm a person who I've played a lot of different sports over the years. And I've always tended to be like, okay, nothing, you know, not world-class or special or anything, but I've always been able to hold my own. And I left that first session being like, what the hell happened? Like, I, I got pelted. I got hit by so many things. Um, and I just found it fascinating. Like, so I wanted to get good and I found the whole idea of the sport and the tactics just, yeah, just fascinating. I, just wanted, to, I wanted to see where it went. It's funny that you mentioned that it was because you sucked right away that hooked you. A lot of people, um, or at least most people I've encountered, I wouldn't say a lot, um, whenever they they encounter something new that 
they just don't do well right away. A lot of them typically turn away. Um, would you say you stayed just because you were competitive and you didn't want to like, you didn't want that to be your last impression of the game, so to speak? Like you just wanted to be better to leave a better impression? Yeah, it wasn't really for, you know, I didn't want the, I wasn't too bothered about the, the people at the session thinking I was, you know, I was any good or anything like that. It was, it was just more for me. I, it was this new sport that incorporated a lot. So as, as a kid, I predominantly played um, rugby and cricket. Um, so to have this big physical sport where you have to do a lot of running around, but then still having to throw with kind of accuracy and power, it, it had a lot of the skills and transferable skills I already had. Mm. from sports so I just I remember just thinking because it we didn't play even at that point my university team wasn't at a particularly high level competitively so the sessions were uh, were quite like chaotic so I was just trying to understand like what what does it take to be good at this more than anything and I wanted to try and crack that nut to see if I could understand it right even if I wasn't good myself just try and mm. get my head around what makes it what makes a good player so it just crossed my mind. Uh, we have a player in the States who went to the same university you did. Um, you do indeed. Know, uh, you guys went at the same time or? Uh, I was one year ahead of her. Okay. So for anyone who knows, um, to kind of like <laughs> give her a name, I guess here, uh, Jenny <laughs> Hodge um, went to Nottingham Trent. She was interviewed um I want to say three years ago now for the Dodgeball podcast. If you guys want to look that up. And well, now she lives in Denver, Colorado. She hosts the Women of Dodgeball podcast or the Wad Pod, which Dave was also featured on. And um, I'm going to ask you, was there, uh, what was the most uh, memorable moment playing with Jenny or anything um, regarding Jenny and Nottingham? Oh, Any wow. Um <laughs> There'd be, there'd be a few things I probably should kill me if I put them out and into the public domain. Uh, <laughs> no, Jenny, she, she came in and she was, she was very good straight away, like in terms of like encore. Um, we had a lot of people who came in with like lots of, say, physical ability, like lots of guys and girls who did. She came in with that, but she had the tactical head on already straight away. Like she, she, she walked in like a year ahead of everyone else, so it, like all our best players. Um, so she was great and she's I like you've met Jen like you know she's yeah. such good fun like she's just like she's great on on our socials we used to go I've, we'd go out once a week as a club uh, and she was always there as well and it was great absolutely great fun um yeah she's someone I was very good friends with yeah I've, I've got a lot got a lot of love for Jenny Hodge do miss her and uh, if she ever wants to move back to the UK that would be okay no, nah, we get to keep her. Um, <laughs> you get to keep her, you keep Jordan. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, let's switch. Let's switch. Let's nah, switch. Nah. <laughs> I'm American. We negotiate more for our benefit than anything else. We'll keep Jenny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but that's cool, though. Uh, so she was a prodigy right off the bat, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. we. Um, I'm sure she might have mentioned this. I know like, it's going back a little while, but we, for years kind of struggled to get a large number of women down consistently. Uh, we'd have kind of spikes on and off and things like that, but we didn't, we, we always wanted to to get like a competitive women's team going and without her, it would never, it never would have happened. No chance. Oh, wow. um, she, like, yeah. So when they first fielded the first like university females team, like a lot of that came down to a lot of the work she did. 
um, on there. So yeah, she 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 definitely left a lasting impression on the uh, on the university. Oh wow! Um, I, I guess I have to re-listen to the interview. Uh, I but yeah, that that sounds like great news. Um, but before we continue with your story, and this is to kind of like let you know, like I I pay attention to a lot of uh, players around the world. Would you say that if Jenny Hodge was like the prodigy in Nottingham Trent, as far as like already being ahead of the curve, would you say that Emmy Sharp would be like kind of like the next up kind of? Yeah, and, and I, I don't think. Yeah, even though I she's. Think, I don't think. Yeah, yeah don't, don't think Jenny would mind me saying, but so I know she hasn't met Emmy or anything, but I'd say Emmy's probably ahead of when I met Jenny simply because of how young Emmy still is now. Um, you know, she's not even 18 yet. Um, the, the, it's not with Emmy, it's not just the natural talent that's clearly there. Her work ethic is, is something I've not, I've seen in very few people in the sport in my whole 10 years. I don't know, I don't know many people who have ever worked as hard as she has off the court. Um, whether that's making her dad stand there and be target practice in the garden when she posts <laughs> those videos. Oh, you, know, you know, extra work in the gym, you know, stuff like that. That's she, she. She's very dedicated. I think it is. Um, I think it is a fair comparison. Um, but yeah, it's it's Emmy's. It, it, like I said, she's not even eighteen yet, and she's at this level, which, which is frightening because she's not even going to be near a physical, mental peak for another few years yet. Which is a uh, which for the women's game, if you've got to play against her, you should be scared. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, just wanted to put that out there. Um, plus, I, I also know you uh, went to school with Jenny, so I was like, all right, cool. Let's just tie this all in before we continue the story. So <laughs> you played in Nottingham <laughs> Trent. You graduate Nottingham Trent. Um, mm-hmm. What was your first club? Uh, so I moved then straight to the uh, the local community club, which was the Nottingham Sheriff's Dodgeball Club. And were you there since its inception or – um, I think I joined in its second year. So, so I, I, yeah, I, I graduated in 2014 um, and stayed on and did a year as like a player coach with the university team. Um, and I think that was the first year they competed anywhere and did things. So I joined in the, um, in the second year. <laughs> and um, obviously, I mean, at this point, you're the, one of the longest tenured players there. Uh, what, what has been the most fun memories you've had playing with uh, the Sheriffs? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we're going in. We're going deep here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one of the most fun I ever had was, um, oh, this is going back probably 2015, 16 kind of time. We, we went to a Christmas tournament. It was around December time, so it's just called Christmas tournament because of the dates. And traditionally, teams would go in like fancy dress. It was a bit more of a let's have fun rather than let's win kind of tournament. Hmm. Um, so we did that. Our, our men's and women's teams turned up in fancy dress. Uh, it turned out we were the only ones who got that memo. Everyone else was there, full kit, knee pads, equipment, <laughs> taking it very, very <laughs> seriously. And we were like, oh, and we had one guy dressed as a giant bottle of Tabasco sauce, for for, for example, with we couldn't even see properly. Um, and we 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 got together straight away when we realised we're like, right, I mean, look at us, let's just go and have some fun, let's see what happens. And we just we didn't really have many tactics. We just we kind of went for it, 
and we made the semi-finals and I think we ended up, which we did lose to the eventual winner in the semis, but then we won the third place playoff. So we came third in fancy dress wearing, yeah, like not taking it seriously. Just everyone had fun. And that one, whenever those <laughs> memories pop up on Facebook every year, that one always makes me smile a bit. Okay. So I'm going to, was anyone else from the neutral zone a part of that team? Because I know you all play for the same club, but were any of yeah, them? Um, I think Jordan was at that one. I think that was one of Jordan's first. Oh, wow. Uh, so he's excommunicado, uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> can you do me a favor? Can you, if it does pop up or if you want to look for it after recording, um, I, I, I need to see this. How fancy were you dressed? Like, I, I need you to send me a pic of this because. So we... I was, I was quite basic. I was just wearing like kind of Christmas pajamas and a jumper. Um <laughs> which is not the most comfortable stuff to play dodgeball in, but like that's, you can manage that. Like I said, we had one of our friends was in a full size Tabasco suit, but or one person dresses in elf, someone as Rudolph. I'll have to try and find the pictures if I can. I'll try and find it for you. It was a hot day. It was a hot, hot day. <sighs> Around that time in Christmas, it's hot. It doesn't snow out there. No, no. It's just being in the sports hall and fancy dress makes it hot. Oh, it, it was freezing yeah. outside. <laughs> Oh, okay, I was about to say, like, there's no way. I know you guys have snow out there. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm having too much fun. Um, so you, you play, you're playing with sheriffs. Um, when do you play? When do you make your uh, international debut? So that would have been at the inaugural World Cup that happened in Manchester. Oh wow! Um, I'm trying to think what year was was that? Twenty twenty sixteen or six sixteen sixteen. Yeah. I mean. So. I was playing for the Republic of Ireland men's team. So we were in the Invitational, which was kind of taking place alongside the, the main body of the tournament. So that was, that was my first. Um, and then I kind of rounded it off. Um, then, you know, playing all the way through to, to Madison Square Garden tournament from there. So that was a nice little cycle for me. <laughs> and how how is that like? Like, well, any like fond memories you have, whether playing in New York or playing in Manchester? Oh, I've got to be honest. And just any time we got to go away with with Ireland was, just, it, oh, it was so fun. It was so I, I loved it so much. Like the the group I was with there, you know, the men and women of that setup are, are just fantastic. I've got nothing but good like good things to say because I know like a lot of them are still there, so I still see them at tournaments now, um, and I love seeing them as well. They're they're just great. Um, I remember. And people who were there with other nations who will remember this tournament will vouch for me. My, my first full-blown tournament was the European Championships in Paris. And it was the hottest experience of my life. It was, honestly, I, if you can ever interview anyone else who was there at that event, which was, I think, 2016 or 17. The Euro I want to say it was 17. Yeah, it, it, it was, was about... It was, over. it was five ball at that point. Uh, this was the last three ball tournament, I believe, that that took place. Um, oh, then it would have been sixteen then. Yeah, it was. I think it was sixteen. Okay. It was the last time that we got to play three ball at a, at a European Championships. And yeah, I think it, I think if you count the temperature in the Hawks, everyone playing, I think it broke like forty degrees Celsius at one point, um, which is which is horrendously hot. Like everyone was having team talks in the sprinklers outside and stuff, but. Again, that was just one of those things that everyone who was there remembers. <laughs> everyone has flashbacks. Everyone wow. now and again to um, heat in Paris. 
All right. So just for uh, clarification, I just did a conversion on that. Um, 40 degrees Celsius and no, thank you. Um, I don't even want to say what it is, but <laughs> we'll just say it's triple digits and you just got to believe me on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not even going to try that, but you, it's safe to assume you survived Paris. Just about, uh, I broke two <laughs> fingers uh, in the opening match. And so my hand was purple and misshapen for most of the week, but yeah, we made it back. Well, I was regarding about I was talking about the heat, but okay. I mean, sorry about your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I think I've broken nearly. I've broken all but one at this point. I've got one little finger hanging on that hasn't been taped up yet. Well, it's funny. Um, growing up, I've done uh, judo and uh, grappling, and I've never oh, yeah. broken a single finger. But now playing wow. dodgeball, I've broken about four. So, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh. it, it does that, doesn't it? Uh, it's just I, I I'm having trouble explaining the logic, but I experienced it. So there you go. Um, so you've played for the Republic of Ireland. Needless to say, you guys are a fun bunch out there. Uh, and you said, did I hear you correctly early on before we started recording? Um, you also did coaching as well, or you do coaching? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do coaching now. So I took the decision to to step away from playing international a couple of years ago now. Um, so currently coach uh, the, the women's side of things, our, our main focus on the women's side of things for the England squad and then uh, the men's cloth team at the Great Britain team as well. Nice. Um, I'm sure you're already excited about uh, Canada next year. So that, that'll be a fun experience for you to take that stage on arguably the biggest tournament to date. If anything, six divisions apparently, two different ball types. I think um, it's going to blow our minds when we hear more about this for sure. Other than the news earlier today, so I know we kind of, I know we kind of avoided talking about the podcast because we already went through it a couple of weeks ago. But I'm going to ask you something. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to kind of break it down. Your most fond memory or most fun memory you've had with everyone on the on that podcast whether it be something you guys did socially on the court or even recording? Um, I think I'll go for our recording sessions. Like we do, like I, I, the way we play on court, I do end up stood next to or in between Sam and Jordan quite a lot, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> and we, we have to remind ourselves to stay focused because we're playing, we want to win, but stop giggling <laughs> at the same time. And Catherine's coaching us in the outbox, looking at us, just shaking her head as usual because we're just being idiots. Um, but I'd say when we record is really fun. There's a lot of stuff that, because Sam's a very good editor, does not make the air. Does not make the air. Um, as, yeah, our recording sessions, it's hard to pinpoint one. I think they mentioned the very last session we did, um, they just they it's Sam kind of did his his outro and kind of to finish and for some reason then my stomach thought that'd be a great time to like rumble <laughs> and, and it and it did it loud and Catherine and Jordan I think both spat their drinks out across the table kind of in unison looking at each other as well um that was pretty good that was pretty, that was pretty funny yeah I think but, she yeah. she also mentioned that a couple of weeks ago <laughs> wow um 
yeah, those man. sessions those sessions are just those sessions are just great, man. When we just get together and record. I'm sure when you get to record in, in like in person with someone who isn't on a different time zone to you, uh, <laughs> it, you, you just kind of get into that flow, don't you, as you go. Yeah. Um, I've never had my stomach rumble though. Uh, I can say that. I remember um, I've had several, like what I call pre-recording um, things. Anyone who's ever recorded with me, uh, I have like a five minute rundown where I just go over things with the guests or just talk about whatever. And I remember, I want to say this was with when I did the interview with the French podcast uh, as I was about to hit record, I stubbed my toe on the corner of my bed. <laughs> and let me just say this. I try to edit the swearing out. I'm glad I didn't record. <laughs> we'll just leave it. At that. <laughs> but other than that, I've never had my stomach rumbling near the mic. That, that had to be awkward or just loud enough for other people to hear. That's just, <laughs> that's definitely something to, uh, to say I've never done. Um, never have I ever. And that's what we're going to play today. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> that was just a point of emphasis. So, um, I mean, you've definitely been playing for a long time. But I want to ask you, uh, you said you played uh, cricket and you played uh, rugby? Yes. Yeah, up Would until you? about the ages of about 18. Um, for someone who obviously knows nothing about cricket, other than that it's like a game of baseball where it takes days to finish. Um, would you say your cricket throw is similar to your dodgeball throw? Um, it, it is more similar now. It wasn't when I first started playing. Um, <laughs> did, did you, did you ever get the chance to see the, uh, when we used to play three ball cloth over here, like the size and how the balls looked? Oh yes, for point. sure. I think uh, the first yeah. European tournament I saw was 2013, which would have been in England. I want to say. Yes, I believe that was in Chester, um, if my history is correct. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, when when we first when I first started playing with those balls, I really struggled with the grip at first on on balls that size because obviously as people listen, you know, it wasn't it was bigger than the balls that we play. Anyone who plays cloth now, you're going up two more sizes basically than what we play play with right. currently. So I I threw more like someone would actually bowl a cricket ball you know have you ever seen you never seen when the bowler releases like over his head yeah so I, I did i did more of a like kind of trebuchet slingshot approach when i first started playing um and then once we got into five ball a little bit or after a year or so once i could adjust a little bit i've, I've slowly changed it over the years and i'm sure many people will including jordan will still tell you it's still no good either way but we try <laughs> that's what we're going for yeah, we're not going to talk about Jordan. Uh, I'm just playing. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. It seems like half the episode we're picking on Jordan. It really isn't. He he just dropped a bombshell that I cannot get over, and I laugh at, and I'll poke fun at him for it when he gets to record. So, um, but yeah, I'm just kind of preluding to the last episode. Uh, so, did you have any uh, role models growing up? And did you have any? Do you have any role models in dodgeball? Yeah, so so growing up, being a um, more of a rugby player, it was definitely uh, a guy called Jason Robinson. Um, if there's any rugby fans out there, Union or League, both he played both versions of the sport and and played at international level for both. He was definitely it. Um, you know, he was a smaller guy, and so was I playing. 
So someone to definitely look up to. Um, being a big, like I said, Liverpool fan, grew up, obviously, the, the big one for a lot of people was Steven Gerrard, um, who obviously had his time over in LA as well for, for any Ameri- American kind of soccer fans. Um, and people like Michael Owen as well and Robbie Fowler. Th- those three growing up were were my kind of sporting heroes along with Jason Robinson. And any role models or players you look up to in dodgeball or anyone like, I would say like you're, you're a fan of kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I always, I think now I've got to this point being kind of, you know, like I said, I'm 10 years in um, to the sport. I look at people who are still playing at such a high level who've been here and been doing it for longer than I have. Um, so on the men's side of things, I look at people like Alex Harrison. Um, I think I took it up around the same. No, he's a bit younger, but um, Brett Koenig, David Poole, who you had on the other the other week, people like that who have who have been playing for so long, still playing at such a high level, don't look show any signs of slowing down. Um, I find them they're they're people who I really look up to. And on the women's side, there's there's people there as well. You know you. Charlotte Josias, for example, you know, lady who congratulations to her and 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 Matthew A.K. Arnie, who just had um just had a second child recently. But again, she's oh, yeah. come back from that. And she, you know, looks like she's not even missed a step, which is, you know, so so very impressive. And to keep having that, you know, her and her and her husband both have been doing it longer than I have, and to keep coming back at that level, because they play at such a high level. Um you just you can't you can't not be fans of that. It's so impressive to see. Yeah, um, Charlotte is also on my uh, radar to have later on, so I'll reach out to her and hopefully have her uh, share her story because she's definitely uh, definitely a player to to know, so to speak. And oh yeah, for sure. She hasn't she hasn't skipped a beat at all, from what I've seen. No, no, she um, she was back playing at our first. We had our first national league meet um, two weeks ago. She yeah, she was back there with the Bedford Mighty Eagles women's team and. Yeah, she played great. The team played great. They won both. It's funny how I say she hasn't missed a beat. Like, I'm actually over there. No, I just study a lot of footage. <laughs> just, I'm yeah, not, just a keen fan. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not secretly, covertly going to England and not telling people about it. I mean, I think people would know if I was in England. They would they would have seen me. I'm very recognizable. And my accent is a dead giveaway. Because um, I have none of the accents you guys have out there. <laughs> Um, so before we get into some of these crowdsource questions, I wanted to ask you some preliminaries. Um, do you have a pregame ritual, uh, leading up to a tournament? Like anything superstitiously you have to do before you play either league or an open? Um, no, not, not particularly. Um, I'm not big into the superstition side of the thing. I'm more just when on, on the day itself, just make sure I've done a really good warm up and stretch out. Just make sure I feel physically I've given myself the best chance to do it. Um, that's more where I'm at there. So I've got a few of the same kind of set stretch routine I've been doing for years. And that's um, that's probably about it. Other than that, like nothing, nothing like unique, nothing like you have to take a certain road or. Have <laughs> no, nothing like that. I haven't got a lucky rabbit's foot somewhere. Um, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. I haven't, even, I haven't even got a, like a magical pair of pants or anything. No, just, um, just good stretching and, and trying to stay focused. Um, okay, and what's your pregame playlist? Like, what music do you listen to on the way there or while you're stretching? Oh, that's that kind of varies 
for for what kind of what kind of mood I'm in. Um, I've got a kind of a I've got based off a documentary on Netflix I watched not too long ago. Uh, yeah, based on this Netflix documentary I watched called the the evolution of hip hop. I've got a an old school R and B playlist that that helps relax me, which I do do oh. enjoy. Um, or sometimes I'll go the complete kind of other end, and I've got a bit more of a um, kind of a, a, a heavy metal playlist that I sometimes play to get psyched up or when I'm in the gym. Anyone who watched the Kerrang! music channel circa probably 2004 would know most of them. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the two that I flick between depending on what mood I'm in. Uh, what what artists, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so on the, um, on the kind of the the more kind of rock side one oh sorry on the r&b side one anything from uh you know warren g easy nwa sugar hill gang which oh, is wow. like wu-tang um you know rakim ll cool j i'll go kind of all through yeah as, I, as, as i go um on the other side of things you, you look in it's like it's a bit more old school in biscuit kill switch engage um Red Hot Chili Peppers, old school, Lincoln Park, Slipknot, kind of things like that. I, it's a bit, I've, I've got to that point in life now where I only seem to listen to music before a certain date, which is how I know I'm getting older. <laughs> um, okay, I never realized how alike we are. Um, <laughs> that's kind of weird. You Just to clarify, he's never lived in the United States. Uh, nope. Nor, nor does he have access to my playlist, but he pretty much listed most of it already. Um, that's nuts. <laughs> uh, dare I say you might be one of my favorite cast members, but who knows? I haven't interviewed the other three yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's now that's now live in the recording that you said it, so we can clip that. It's fine. <laughs> no, nah, it's fine. But that that's just wow. You pretty much listed almost everything I listen to, um, which is again kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Just just both men are great taste. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be the theme of the episode today. Um, so <laughs> we're going to get to the crowdsource questions right now. And <laughs> I just decided to drop a bombshell to allude to um, the episode we had previously. Have you forgiven Have you forgiven Jordan Taylor for his comment during the podcast regarding The Office? No, I have not. <laughs> And for anyone who wants to hear said comment, just go back two weeks. I believe it was episode 45 of season five. So um, if you hear Jordan Taylor, you'll know the comment. And just drop in the comments where you stand. Um, just, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, no, you're not forgiven, Jordan. Sorry. Um, so I guess the next recording session you guys are going to have as a, as, a, as a panel, you're just going to give them dirty looks throughout. Yeah, we're hoping to have one this week so I can just stare at him across the table. <laughs> if we could somehow, if I could somehow, well, you know what? No, I can't because I'm playing in Dallas. But uh, <laughs> if there was a way I could just look at it, if you guys could like position the laptop camera so I could just stare at him and not say a single thing. I don't even need to have my mic on. I'm just going to stare at him judgingly. <laughs> I'd just be like, you. <laughs> All right. Um, Matteo Mini. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you a question regarding him. Uh, but first, how can you fit into your super slim shirts? You're bigger than me and still have never been able to wear the top you gave him. Or you gave me, sorry. So he's not, you guys had a jersey exchange? 
Yeah, it was at the uh, the Euros in Italy a few years ago. Um, Match here <laughs> helped organise that, and it was a great event as well. Uh, we we got chatting throughout the event, and and yeah, decided to to swap at the end of there. And I still wear his shirt to train. It fits nicely now. Um, let's just put it this way: obviously, since COVID and the pandemic and everything. Those super skinny shirts don't fit me either, Matthew. You are fine. <laughs> don't worry. It's a, it's been a tough 18 months for everyone. Yeah, and apparently he still hasn't been able to wear his. So um, outside of that jersey exchange, what's been a fun memory you have with uh, Matteo? Um, uh, sober or not sober? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like it was, it was really good fun in kind of – Getting to know him kind of off the court and, and how Italy kind of run their, their kind of dodgeball side was really cool, but I'm sure he'll vouch for when we were in Glasgow the year before, um, we we kind of bonded over our liking of red wine and drinking games. And okay. uh, that, that night went exactly how he would have hoped it would have gone. <laughs> we both taught each other some drinking games. We drank a lot of red wine and he's just a stand-up guy. Okay, you won me over with red wine. Okay, thank you, Mattel and Dave. Um, <laughs> Emily Walker, uh, I, where did eyebrows come from? Is she talking about your eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, well, that, there's um, there used to be a game we played at university called that as well. But also, like I, I've been quite known to in a photograph um, to to pull out my version of the people's eyebrow that the rock does. Um, <laughs> just do that for the pose i imagine i'm hoping she's talking about that one <laughs> well it, it looks like you responded with the rock doing the people's eyebrow uh, as a gif i'm looking at your profile pic and you kind of are doing the same thing so <laughs> it's so, just a compulsion now i can't stop it yeah so it, it's safe to assume you're the people's champion in the uk is that what it is oh 100 yeah 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 for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know who's gonna catch more conf, uh, more more flack for that comment, me or you for having the title. Oh, it's me, but there's no, there's no one here to argue with me at the moment, so it's fine. <laughs> oh no, there will be once this this drops. I'm gonna get so many complaints. <laughs> like he's not the people's champ. It's Jordan. He's not the people's champ. It's Sam. There's gonna be a divisive <laughs> poll in that sense. Um. Aiden Woodall, we kind of went over it, but if you wanted to elaborate, who are your dodgeball inspirations? Yeah, I think just kind of going going back to the question from earlier, uh, some of the names I threw out then, like, um, you know, Alex Harrison, um, you know, David Poole or Jaff, uh, Brett Koenig, Aiden himself, you know, people <laughs> like that. Um, you know, again, uh, a guy called Ross McGuigan over at Ease as well. You know, these guys who have... Uh, been in the game at the high level for longer than I have and you know are still going strength to strength at the moment is is really impressive as you see yourself there's constantly an influx of younger people coming in university grads local people but yet it's still the same guys on top and that's because of the work they do off the court as well as on and like I said you know people like kind of Charlotte um, Kirsty Lund and other people like that on the women's side of things um, April uh, who have all been playing longer than me and still absolutely smashing it at the highest level. <laughs> Emily Walker included. Emily Walker included. Um, does Emily Walker do the people's eyebrow or? 
Uh, I think she can actually. <laughs> I'm gonna have to next time we see her, I'll ask what I think she can do. I think Emily can do the eyebrow. She can do the eyebrow thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me ask you that: Is it called the people's eyebrow in the UK, or is it called the prestige eyebrow? <laughs> so it's now. Now it's called the prestige eyebrow. No, I'm stealing that. that move. I'm stealing that moving forward. <laughs> but <laughs> still, the people's at the moment. All right. Fair enough. Um, I guess until you come out in a Fast and Furious movie, we're going to just call it the people's eyebrow. Yeah, that's the spoiler for number ten. We can't tell that yet. Oh, we'll, we'll cut that. Um, <laughs> Aiden's second question, which I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to have to answer for this one. How good are you at drinking Guinness until the amount left hits the exact spot between the bottom of the harp and the top of the letters? Bottom of the harp? Yeah, so when you order a pint of Guinness, they have uh, set Guinness glasses that they pour them in. Um, oh, so the harp is the logo of the Guinness brand. So on the glasses, there's a little harp, and then underneath is the word Guinness. And it's um, it's a game challenge, depending who you're with, competition. When you get your pint of Guinness, it's quite near the top of the glass. You have to try and drink the right amount. So when you put it down and it settles, the line of the of the beer is where Aiden states there, between the bottom <laughs> of the harp and the top of the G. It's it, you're talking. It's like a, at best a millimeter thick. Um, oh. Wow, yeah, okay. Um, I didn't think about the actual glass. I was just thinking, like, what is he talking about? Bottom of the heart, top of the... So it's a drinking <laughs> game where you have to chug it, but chug it to a point where you get it to the exact spot? Yeah, pretty much. It's Thankfully, in terms of, like, the chugging side, it's it's only about... More, more sipping. Third, it's like a third of the glass in, so it's not too much. Like, it's, a, it's more than a manageable amount to do a few times in a row. Um but it's a, it's, a, it's a very hard game. It's hard to get right. Um, I'm going to want to try this because I actually like Guinness. Um, wow. Okay. So, huh. Does it include... <laughs> okay, now, now I'm going into like a little rabbit hole. Does it include the foam or does it have to like settle all the way? No, so when it settles, you want the line of the actual like black line of the Guinness is what you're looking for, not, not the foam. The foam can be a bit higher. That's fine. Okay. All right. That's what I was like. Okay. Yeah, the level of the liquid. Okay. So um, <laughs> so you're pretty good at that. It depends how many I've had. It gets gradually worse. <laughs> uh, is this Aiden's way of like trying to put you on blast or challenging you or... I think that one's come up because we uh, we were I was in Manchester recently for um, celebrating one of our friends becoming a dad for the for the second time. We went to an Irish pub and we effectively played that uh, with every pint we had over the course of I know three hours we were there or so. Um, which I think equated to somewhere near ten goes at the game. Put it that way. I'm definitely going to be game for this challenge. Um, if anything, just to have some Guinness. Uh, David Poole, who I had on last week, and we mentioned before, who's your favorite dodgeballer with the same initials as you? It's definitely Dale Page. <laughs> who's Dale Page? So Dale um, is one of the founders, and he runs uh, Corby Dodge Club, which is in Northampton in the UK. Okay. Um, he also does a lot of the photography and social media for the England and Great Britain setup as well. 
does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, okay. Um, he works incredibly hard um, all year round. The work he does with Corby goes a bit underrated sometimes because it's sometimes like with the juniors and things like that. Um, and their adult team aren't in too many of the leagues and stuff, but he puts in a lot of work there with his, um, I believe his brother helps him as well. Um, so that's why it's definitely Dale Page and not David Poole. So it's safe to assume uh, not only Dale plays, but he does a lot of great work behind the scenes. Yeah, he plays a little bit. He, he I think he definitely focuses more on, on the behind the scenes and kind of the admin side, which is, okay. I, I'd argue, is the hardest side of the sport. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he does a lot. I don't think, um, I don't think Dave would, uh, would mind that pick at all, and I'm sure he'd have the same one. <laughs> so I'm going to go through this thread a bit so you already answered it probably dale page um dave 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 presage said or no, i'm sorry david pool i met with the same first and same initial suppose you're okay yeah he's all right isn't he he's all he's right our, uh, you could say that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disrespect the man that guy's three times my size uh-huh <laughs> you yeah, want to be <laughs> at, um, at England training, we do get differentiated between being Big Dave and Little Dave, so I suppose I should bow to him on that one. <laughs> uh, you want to play with your life and disrespect pool? Go right ahead. Uh, uh, he he's a super heavyweight. I'm a lightweight. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to fight for a living. No, let me tell you, you don't pick on the heavier people. You stick to your weight. Stick to your weight class, man. Stick to your weight class. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Dude. Exactly. Like, for example, are you familiar with uh, Brock Lesnar? I have indeed, yes. Okay, so you always have that like kind of person, like everyone grew up in school, you always had that bully, and you always stood up to that bully. Yeah. If if that bully takes your food, you fight him back. If Brock Lesnar takes food off your plate, it's his food now. (laughs) Don't don't match Brock Lesnar. Just like, you know what? Go ahead. I didn't even know you were hungry. Uh, to, to be honest, if he takes food off your plate, you're now his food, I presume. At his mercy, yes. Um, <laughs> you you thought you were getting carbs? It's his carbs now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, there's there's ranch in Minnesota. <laughs> you, no, um, don't do that. It's very secure. It might be landmines there. I know a little too much about that, but that's beside the point. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, outside of the governor's office, Brock Lesnar's uh, ranch out there is very secure. I'll just say that. Um, so I know I, I joked with you in the last episode that the reason you got this uh, got this episode is because you made a um, Howling Like a Wolf reference, which is one of my favorite songs uh, by the police. And... Um, but I, but I also want to give you a chance to explain your legacy. And I want, you, I want to ask you the legacy question. Um, so how would you like to be remembered as a player, as a coach? I know we already mentioned it as a podcaster, but just how would you like your name to be remembered once you step away from the sport? Um, I, I think mostly someone who, who kind of gave their role, no matter what version of the game they were taking up um you know on the court I've always tried and when I coach I always really do instill the the whole sense of fair play um you know 
as much as we are competitive and want to win, it's really important in a game as fast as we play to to be honest and to try and play the right way at the same time. So that's been a, a big thing. And I'd, I'd like to think that people would like to say that I was quite inclusive. I've always tried to make, whether you've been playing for 10 years, 10 minutes, you know, I'll, I'll still have the time of day for you and try and help where I can um, and just make sure you're trying to have as much fun. I'd like, I like to think people think that I had fun on court and had fun on court with me would be the big thing for me. So definitely want to break that down a little bit um, and sort of to confess something. I know I said that you won your episode today because of that comment. Truth be told, I wanted to interview all you guys um, at some mm. point and um, also interview you guys individually. So whether you would have made that comment or not, you, you know, a chance to immortalize you and the panel and then you guys individually was always going to be there. It was just a matter of scheduling. So on that end, I feel honored. Um, Thank you. I, re I reach out to several people privately and a lot of what you just said has already been cemented. Um, did I did get the occasional spicy comments about sarcastic remarks here and there, but what I can say, <laughs> I mean, it's to be expected. Uh, but what I can say is people love having you around. People consider you a model player. People consider you an example to follow. And as far as I'm concerned, um, <laughs> based on our musical taste and your love of red wine, we're, we're going to be really cool, <laughs> a lot cooler than I thought. <laughs> um, and we were cool to begin with. So as far as I could say, your legacy with everyone there, you're a model player model citizen not to be debated but um <laughs> but uh if you could put up with jordan i could say <laughs> you could definitely leave a lasting remark patience uh, of a saint <laughs> the patron state of patience prestige that's gonna be the new, <laughs> that's gonna be the new tagline it's not gonna be the prestige uh, eyebrow it's gonna be the uh patron saint <laughs> of patience. patience but no honestly um i consider it an honor to interview you and to interview the rest of the panel in the future uh i love the fact that we have a lot of common ground in that sense um not just musically not just wine wise but just trying to set an example to leave behind and trying to be the best at the role given and i believe when you have an opportunity to step up I don't see you shying away from the challenge either. So hopefully this episode does you some justice. And I consider it an honor to chat with you again. Yeah, and anytime. I've had I've had a lot of fun doing this. This has been great. On those whoever said those comments, far too kind. Um, and I'll pay you and I'll pay you all later. Um, you don't have the kind of money. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly th thank you for having me on this has been great honestly mate the honor's all mine yeah man um, and uh, I kind of got choked up a couple weeks ago when you said that that I was one of your favorite podcasts to listen to um, I'm not gonna lie it, it, it took me it took a lot of willpower not to choke up in front of you guys and tear up <laughs> so it, it did it, that it very rarely um, I'm very rarely surprised while recording, but that was one of the few where I was like, uh, let me hit the pause. Actually, no, let me step away. <laughs> let me not show, <laughs> let me not show. But you know what? I'm not gonna cut that. Yeah, <laughs> it, I was choked up. 
So thank you guys. And I'm definitely going to look forward to the next episode you guys produce. Um, next league. Uh, when do you guys play league uh, next time? Um, it's in, in, two it's weeks? in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, it's about two weeks away. Um, I believe it's a Sunday this time, though, not a, um, not a Saturday. Um, I'll just double-check for you now. It is on the 21st of November. Okay. Um, do you guys know who you're playing against or just the date? Yeah, no. So for I, I can't think of the women's games for now, but as a as the men's first team, we are playing um, Wessex Wolves and London Storm Wands first Ooh. team. That'll be a, that'll be a tough matchup for sure. I love that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like after and well, London and uh, London Storm and Wessex played each other at the at the opening round, uh, and they they drew the match. Uh, there was some great play either side. So that is two very tough games. <laughs> you definitely have your work sure. cut out for you. But like I said, you're not going to shy from the challenge. <laughs> no, never. It's why we. It's why we play it at the level, isn't it? It's not for that challenge. All right. So hopefully I'll have some goodness with you when I land. For sure. Next time you're over, first one's on me. For sure. All right, and we'll wrap up in three. All right, and that was my interview with Dave Prestage. Dave, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story. And like I said in his interview, I do plan on interviewing the rest of the panel throughout season five, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I recently came back from Dallas and had a good time at the Foam Nationals, or Foam Dodgeball Championships, I should say. So uh, I might get some guests on, um, not only to share their story, but to get their glimpse at the, at the perspective of the event. Um, otherwise, stay tuned for my next interview with uh, Israel Bentley. All right. If you've been with me up until this point, thank you so much and have a wonderful day.